0: Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, we're off of Highway 316. Our service is at 1030 on Sunday mornings, and you can learn more about the church by checking out our website, which is calvary316.com. I do hope, regardless of where you're listening, that you stay with me over the next hour. As I seek to deconstruct the negative perceptions that the world has of Christians, By boldly and brashly discussing relevant topics, things that matter, in an honest and genuine way. Uh, One of the most important aspects of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to connect with you, the audience. Uh, And so if you have questions, uh, if you hear something on the show you want to challenge, if you want to submit topics that you'd like to hear me address, literally nothing is off limits. There are several ways that you can reach us. Uh, First, our email address is info at outlawradio.org. Facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, if you are still one of the people into Facebook. And then our Twitter handle is at radio underscore outlaw. When it comes to this particular show, we really have kind of two air dates. Um, if you're listening on the radio, it is likely that you're listening to this episode the Friday following Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're like me, this is the day uh, that the fall decorations quickly get put away. You go and buy your Christmas tree, and you are full-blown Christmas mode. Thanksgiving, the Friday after for us, uh, is a far distant memory, though it, it just happened yesterday. If you're a podcast listener, and I know a lot of you are, you are listening to this episode the Monday before Thanksgiving. Uh, our podcast is released before we hit the radio airwaves. It's just the way that the scheduling works. And so uh, however you're listening, whenever you're listening, uh, Thanksgiving has either just happened or is about to take place. And so I want to take today's episode, I say all that to say, to discuss uh, giving. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. And one of the reasons that Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays is that it ties into Uh, This entire concept of God's grace, that's really the heartbeat of the Outlaw Radio Show. We like to talk about life and grace, life outside the law. We are all outlaws by the work that Jesus did on the cross on our behalf. And thanksgiving is really a great uh, illustration, even the word itself, thanksgiving, um, of what grace should do in the heart. You see, grace, grace liberates, grace frees. Grace removes the bondage of measuring up, the bondage of, of trying to maintain an, a lofty expectation. You can't. Grace boldly says that I don't have to earn God's favor, but I now get to enjoy God's favor. I'm no longer working to, 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 to make God pleased. Instead, I'm just abiding in the pleasure that I've been given and it's this change of perspective that I don't have to earn something but instead enjoy it that changes all of our motivations I don't serve Jesus as a pastor because I have to I'm not trying to earn brownie points in heaven or demonstrate my self-worth I serve Jesus I've given my life to the service of Jesus and his people really for one main reason I want to (laughs) I don't have to. I want to. It's me giving back in response to all that God has given me. It's me serving others because, man, God served me. It's the change of motivation. And really, when it comes to giving, the Bible says a lot about giving, but it places giving within the context of it being a response to all that God has given you. You don't have to give to God because God needs your money. Quite the contrary. God doesn't need your money. Instead, it should be the natural reaction to someone who's experienced the blessings of God to want to turn around and be a blessing to others. It should be the natural response of someone that has experienced the generosity of God to turn around and be generous to others. I tell the folks at Calvary 316 all the time, That when it comes to your wallet, the the issue is not how much of my wallet am I going to give to God? The question is really how much of my wallet am I going to keep for myself because it's all been given to me by a very generous God. My entire paycheck is a gift from God. If you don't see that, then a lot of what we're going to talk about today is going to fall on deaf ears. But I want to give you some stats. I I ran across a fascinating report by the Chronicle of Philanthropy. Uh, What the Chronicle did is that they analyzed IRS data from Americans who filed deductions based on charitable contributions. They they took the data and they created an, an interactive map that demonstrates how Americans give. And they've compared this data to previous years. Overall, three really interesting facts emerged from the study. Really interesting, as a matter of fact. First, this study revealed that Americans, and we're going to place this in the context of Americans because most of us listening are Americans. So Americans, according to this study, the analyzing of the deductions of charitable contributions, um, Americans are very generous people. And all the Chronicle report revealed that Americans donated an, an astounding $180 billion to charity in 2012 alone. Like, on average, every single American gives approximately 2% of their income to some type of charity. That's astounding, isn't it? 2%, every American. The, the second thing that, that kind of came to the forefront from this particular study um, is that the wealthier you become, ironically, the less generous you are. From 2006 to 2012, and, and this was during uh, what, we've, what, we, what we know as the Great Recession, the data of those years, those six years, analyzed by the Chronicle, revealed that poorer Americans, while they were losing their paychecks, became more generous during the recession. Poor Americans became more generous. Wealthier Americans became stingier. Ironically, the top 10%, the only category to see a bump in income, became stingier with their money. The Chronicle actually even created a chart that illustrates uh, this reality. Again, this is comparing 2012 records from, from 2006. If your income was $200,000 or more during the recession, you're giving decreased by 4.5%. If you made between $100,000 and $200,000, you're giving decreased by 3.3%. That being said, if you made between $75,000 and $100,000, you're giving during the recession increased 3.6%. If you gave $50,000 to $75,000, it increased by 5.7%. If you gave check this out 25,000 to to $50,000, you're giving increased 8.7% and if you made $25,000 or less, you're giving increased check this out by 16.6%. And according uh, and this is obviously a- according to data accumulated through tax returns. Now beyond providing a state by state analysis of giving, the Chronicle reported uh, also demonstrated that the percentages of giving based on an individual's income brackets within each state, um, it, it broke this down, actually even down to, to zip code. It's a it's a very fascinating interactive map. Just, just Google these things. Um, I live in the state of Georgia, so let me give you the giving uh, ratios for Georgians. Um, if you make less than or up to $25,000 a year, you gave 10.37% of your income. You actually legitimately tithe. If you made between twenty-five and fifty thousand dollars, you gave six point six five percent. If you make between fifty and seventy-five thousand, it's four point nine five percent. Seventy-five thousand to a hundred thousand, it's four point one seven. You notice these numbers are decreasing. If you made two hundred thousand dollars or more, you only gave three point eight three percent of your income. So, so what's really interesting is that the first two. Facts that emerged from this study that The Chronicle did is that uh, Americans are generous. The wealthier you are, the less generous you are. And, and then thirdly, uh, American generosity is largely, according to the study, a byproduct, check this out, of Christianity. According to the annual State of the Plate report, more than 50 billion dollars of all charitable contributions made in the United States come directly from 10 million tithing Americans. 10 million tithing Americans account for 28% of all giving in America. On a side note, this is kind of sad to admit, 10 million tithing Americans only accumulates to about 5% of all Christians. Now, interestingly enough, the Chronicle report also substantiates this interesting reality by demonstrating the states where religious participation is higher, gave the greatest percentage of the discretionary income. Like, for example, Utah, not a Christian state, but uh, three out of every four uh, residents of Utah are Mormon. In the state of Utah, the state, high religious participation, Utah residents give more of their income than any other state, 6.56%. And then you have Mississippi, Bible Belt, Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia, all in the, in the 4% range. What then is ironic is that states with a lower religious participation rate end up being less generous. Number 46 on the list is Massachusetts, only gives 2.19%. Then you have Rhode Island, 47, 2.07%. Vermont, a flat 2%, number 48. Number 49, you have Maine, 1.9%. And then the the least generous state in the union is New Hampshire, which only has 1.74%. While studies have shown that charitable giving is important to religious individuals and that people who are active in their faith tend to give more than those who are not active, the truth is that giving within Christianity is largely the activity of a few and not the majority. Studies reveal that while tithers make up no more than 20% of the givers in a typical congregation, they end up donating 50 to 80% of all of the money. 20% contributing 80%. And, and amazingly, 20% of American Christians give nothing to charity and nearly 75% give less than 2% of their income, which is below the average rate of most Americans. The General Social Survey found that while 25% of Christians said they tithe 10%, when their donations were checked against income figures, it was discovered that only 3% of that group gave more than 5%. This survey also discovered that 10% of those who reported tithing 10% of their income, they actually gave less than $200 to their church. According to a research organization that specializes on religious giving, they're known as the Empty Tomb, from 1968 to 2009, member giving within a church actually decreased from 2.45% to 2.04%. That's a decline of seventeen. percent from 1968 to 2009. 2.04%. Let me check that with a historical fact. Do you know what the giving rate of Christians was during the Great Depression? <laughs> 3.3%. Writing for Relevant Magazine, Mike Holmes proposed an interesting question. He said, what would happen if believers were to increase their giving to a minimum of, let's just say, 10%? According to his research, if every Christian tithed 10%, there would be a yearly revenue stream of $165 billion that churches would be able to use to further the gospel. If every Christian took giving seriously and carried that responsibility, there would be such a plethora of money that we could literally changed the United States. It's with that thought, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Outlaw Radio Show.
1: Hi, my name is David Guzik, and I'm a friend of Zach and the entire team at Outlaw Radio. One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, The resources you can access at blueletterbible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as blueletterbible.org Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio show. We ended the last block with kind
0: of a question. Like what would happen if believers, if Christians were to increase their giving, every Christian to a minimum of just 10%? Research states that if that were to happen, there would be a yearly revenue stream in, in the American church of 165 billion dollars that churches could use to further the gospel. That's that's this is astounding. The writer of this particular article, he continues by but by by saying that listing just a few things the church could do with that kind of money, he says you could put twenty five billion a year to relieve global hunger and deaths from preventable diseases. If you did that, you would eliminate it in five years. Twelve billion a year could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion a year could solve the world's water and sanitation issues. $1 billion a year could fully fund all overseas missions work. And then, and then that gives you $106 billion left over for additional domestic ministry expansion if every Christian took giving seriously. There is uh, a report that's released every quarter on giving. And you know that it says that the, the average yearly donation per attendee is only $599 a year. That means the average income of Christians is a little under $6,000 a year. Beyond the reality of one specific church or just the church universally, I, I do want to kind of pivot here by just asking, like, why is there just, why is there a disconnect when it comes to, to, to giving and generosity tithing? Like, is it, can you make the case that a majority of Christians just reject the biblical basis of tithing that they say, well, you know, the Bible's not, you know, encouraging me to be generous. (laughs) Like do the majority of Christians not see a benefit to supporting financially a church that they attend? I I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that it's theology, the theology of giving where there's this disconnect In actuality there's no data to support that belief. And yet why do so many Christians fail to tithe? And I'm not even going to take this episode to talk about like the appropriate percentages of giving. Are you supposed to give 10% of your income? Are you supposed to give it on your paycheck or, or your take home? Like your gross or, or forget about that. If you're asking those questions, you've lost the whole heart of giving, of generosity. It's a response to God's grace. So why do so many Christians fail to tithe faithfully sadly, uh, a Huffington Post article written by David Briggs, titled "The Flesh is weak: Churchgoers give far less than they think." It, it touches on a greater and, I believe, more reasonable explanation than, than it being a theology problem. The article begins with, with this scathing but very true thesis. Briggs writes quote, "Churchgoers like to think of themselves as generous and cheerful givers, but for many, the flesh appears to be weak when it comes to living up to their own standards for charitable giving. You see, I believe the giving disconnect originates not necessarily in our brains. Again, I, I think we all know that we should be generous. I think the disconnect is instead in our hearts. Do we really want to? I think it's in our, our disciplines. Like, I think for many... When they consider the tithing issue, they could actually echo what Paul says in Romans 7, verse 19. For the good that I, I will to do, <laughs> the things I want to I do, I don't do. <laughs> but the evil that I will not to do, that I end up practicing. The question, how, how do we develop a discipline of giving? Apart from the understanding of grace and this response, how do we develop the habit? I think the answer can be found in the final four verses of Acts chapter 11. Let me read you uh, these four verses. Dr. Luke, the author of Acts, he says that in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. This is Antioch located in Syria. And one of them, one of these prophets named Agabus, he stood up and he showed by the spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all of the world, which also Luke then says happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. So knowing that this famine is coming, the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and they sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Saul would become known as Paul. Luke tells us that towards the end of a year-long period of ministry, a prophet who'd come from Jerusalem to Antioch, his name's Agabus, he prophesied this great famine. This famine, this scope would be global, but in the context of, of Agabus's prophecy, it focused on the hardships that would take place within the Christian communities dwelling in, in Judea. They would be hit the hardest. matter of fact, historian Josephus even makes two references of a great famine that ravaged Jerusalem in 45 A.D., These believers now in Antioch, largely Gentile, they they hear this coming need, and what do they do? What's their response? They immediately take a collection of resources and they send a financial care package to the church of Jerusalem. Luke Luke actually says the disciples, each according to his ability, determined. They determined to send relief, and they sent this relief by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And, and, And it's within this passage that I think four things emerge that will help you develop the discipline of giving. Number one, I think it's important that you take ownership of your church, your local church. Now, it's clear by the reaction of these believers in Antioch that upon hearing of the financial need within the church, they immediately felt a responsibility to act. There was a need. They had the resources, they moved, they mobilized. It's interesting, but data substantiates an interesting correlation between giving to a church and one's involvement within a church. According to research of those who tithe 10% or more, 96% of them attend church weekly. 70% read their Bibles somewhere between four and seven times a week. 54% serve in some capacity within the church, and 53% are involved in some type of secondary group. You see, when someone plugs into a church, not only is part of them now invested in that church, but there comes this natural responsibility to ensure needs, financial needs, are being met. And so my point is that if you're struggling to tithe, to give as a response of your thanks... Finding a way to plug into your local church will help you develop that discipline. You'll see things in a different perspective. And and yet beyond that reality, I, I, I hope you know the Bible is crystal clear that those benefiting from a ministry should carry a financial obligation to ensure the ministry is being cared for regardless of their active participation. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 11, Jesus told the disciples before sending them out to minister, he said, take no money for yourselves, for the worker is worthy of support. Paul would say in 1 Timothy 5, verses 17 and 18, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. And he's talking about finances, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he's threshing. The laborer is worthy of his wages. And again, in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 14, Paul says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. The implication is that those who are preaching the gospel, those who are performing ministry within the church, should be supported by the people to whom they're ministering. Think about ownership this way. If you and your family are being blessed by a church community, if you find yourself being spiritually fed and nurtured by a pastor, shouldn't you assume enough ownership in order to ensure that amenity you enjoy continues? If you enjoy a church, don't you want to make sure the church stays around? You know, according to the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average American spends 5.6% of their income. On average that's $2,827 on entertainment alone. And don't forget the average American, the average Christian gives less than $600 to their church a year. <laughs> In context to all this, do you realize that Americans spend more on alcohol per year or tobacco? than they do giving to a church that blesses their family. Number two, the second thing I think we can take away from this passage is that you should start giving in a way that you can honestly maintain. Like if this if this episode of the Outlaw Radio Show kind of pricks your heart, and by the way, I'm not asking for any money. Uh, don't give any money to the Outlaw Radio Show give money to your local church, support your local church. Or if you want to give above and beyond that, then send a check to whatever Christian radio station you're listening to say, thank you for putting the outlaw radio show on the air. I'm not making a case here. I'm not talking about this to get money. It's to help you. There's a blessing in giving. But if you're hearing these things and, and you, you feel a, a stirring figure out a way that you can begin giving and maintain that gift. Luke, he, he says in the passage that we read here in Acts that each disciple, quote, gave according to his ability. And we can presume that that meant that each gave according to the ability of, A, their financial resources, and B, their faith. And it's with it's with that thought in mind, I'm going to pick things up by sharing my own personal experience with this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: Thanks for joining us for the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, I don't know about you, but this episode is very challenging. Pastor Zach is talking about tithing and giving. A lot of metrics, a lot of data in today's episode. We're learning that sadly, not too many of us are actually giving the tithe. This is an important step in obedience. Zach's going to come back and talk about this more. Don't go anywhere. Come back for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. Here's Pastor Zach with more on tithing on the Outlaw Radio Show.
0: Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. When, When considering your financial giving, There are two questions you would be wise to ask yourself if you feel stirred to become more generous. This time of the year, Thanksgiving, the natural response of being thankful is to give. God has given you much you should give. That should be the natural reaction, motivation by grace. But the two questions you should consider is one, what resources do I have to give? And two, do I have enough faith to trust that God can care for my needs with what remains? And, and you have to find this honest way to balance out the two. How much do I make? <laughs> and, and, and how much is God telling me to give? Can I live on what remains? I'm a PK. And for those of you that don't know Christianese, that's pastor's kid. I, I grew up in the church. And through all my high school years, the idea of giving tithing was completely warped and distorted. Uh, I, I, this is not fun for me to admit, but but the idea was like, um, why am I going to give money to the church to help pay my dad? So then he can give me an allowance. I'm just going to cut out the middleman. Twisted, warped, I know. I was not a tither in high school. And really, even for the first, oh, period of time in in Bible college. I was working to make ends meet, but I was not generous. Not generous with my money at all. And, and, and in my last semester of Bible college, the Lord was really working working me over on this particular uh, area of my life. Generosity, tithing. At the time, I was going to uh, a Calvary Chapel church uh, in Temecula. And the pastor, his name's Clark Van Wyck, was teaching about giving. I had maybe a month left before I was going to pack my car and drive from California back to Georgia, was running low on funds. I had enough money, you know, to to finish that last month's rent, had enough money for gas, a couple hotel rooms, some meals. I was going to get home with what I had running on fumes, but I was going to get home. And at the time, I'm listening to this Bible study, and the Lord's just working me over about giving. And one of the points that he made is that if the Lord moves on your heart to give a million dollars, but, but you don't have a million dollars, then you can't give a million dollars. The stirring of one's heart has to be in proportion to what one has. So I'm sitting there, no joke, in the pew, thinking to myself, oh, this is, this is the loophole. I don't have to give because I don't have enough to give. Now, let let me explain what it was specifically that the Lord was stirring my heart for. I had a friend that was going to be going on a mission trip and she was $200 short. And the Lord was just working me over, telling me, Zach, you need to give her $200. And I'm like, there's no way. I can't give $200. And so I'm listening to this Bible study. I'm like, I don't even have $200 to give. This is the loophole. I'm out, no problem. So I leave church and I stop by the bank on my way home pull up to the the ATM, enter my digits, pull out a receipt. I had $207 and change. And I immediately thought to myself, dad, gum. I had more than $200. And the thought in my head was this, can I do more with $207 than the Lord can do with $7? I had the $200 to give. I got home, the family I was staying with, I'm sharing my heart. They're like, you know what you need to do? And I was like, I know, I know I have the resources. Now do I have the faith? And so I determined, I got in my car, heading back to the bank. It's going to pull out $200, trust the Lord and see what happened. Well, all my way, I was coaching baseball at the time. And one of the assistant coaches called me, an older fella, said, Zach, what are you up to? And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm actually on this interesting venture of faith. I, you know, um, what's up? He was like, well, Lord laid you on my heart today, and we've got some leftovers. Do you want some food? I said, yeah, thinking in the back of my head, I'm going to need every little bit of food I can possibly get. So I drive over to his house, pull in the driveway, go inside. We're jamming on some mac and cheese or whatever it happened to be. And uh, just chewing the fat, shooting the breeze. I go to leave, and he grabs my arm. As I'm going out the front door, I turn, and he puts a wad of cash in my hands. he says, I don't know... What this is for, but God told me I needed to give you this money this morning. And so, you know, I was like, no, no, you, don't, you really don't have to do that. He's like, no, I have to be obedient to God. Take the money and do with it what the Lord has told you to. So I get back in my car and don't look at the money. I drive around the corner, playing it cool. I immediately pull off the road. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Pull out this wad of cash, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. 20, 40, 60, 80, 200. 20, 40, 60, 80, 300, it was $300 in cash. And, and for a moment I thought, man, that would have been, that would have been really cool if it was $200 exactly, right? That would make for a sweet story. And the Lord spoke to me and, and, and God said, no, 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 no. The $200, you know what that's for? The $100, that's for you because you were willing to trust me this is not to toot my own horror, but, but from that point forward, I've never not tithed. I've never not been faithful with my money because God has been so faithful. When Jess and I were, 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 were praying about having Quincy, our first child, you know, the first step was, well, let's look at the budget. You know, can we afford this at the, at the time we were dinks, double income, no kids. We were doing okay for ourselves. Had a mortgage. We had paid off our cars. We were doing well financially, two incomes though, and Jess wanted to be a stay at home mom. And so the first question was, well, what, what do we do? Can we make it? Can the budget work on only my income? And by the way, youth your salaries, not a lot. So I ran the budget, crunched the numbers and we literally broke even like the balance was zero. It was zero without taking into account Um, any type of emergencies, vacations. I mean, this was bare bones, basic necessities, but we could do it. So we decided to, to get pregnant, get pregnant. We had Quincy, uh, December 24th, 2011, about a week before that, Jess left her job at the church. She was a secretary and, uh, going into 2012, it was all right, Lord, what are you going to do? We ended 2012 with more money in our savings account than we had the year before with two incomes that might (laughs) that might just be an indication i'm terrible managing money but honestly the lord took a few loaves and some fish and he multiplied it brian kluth who's the founder of maximum generosity study he writes the scripture tells us to give from what we have this is the biblical mandate there are Some some seasons in our lives where we have less than others. And so when you experience a downturn financially, you don't stop giving. You just give a a portion of what you have. He continues, I always like to say, you don't give to get. You give because you've received something already. You give because you've already gotten something from God. And so from from the text, the, the, the points of application are first, take ownership of your church. That will help you develop this discipline. Do you want your church to stay around? The bills have to get paid somehow. Uh, Secondly, start. If you're looking just for a, just start in a way that you can honestly maintain. And maybe that's not 10%. That's okay. But find a percentage and stick to it. And then thirdly, create some type of a method where you can maintain that giving moving forward. Like once these believers honestly evaluated their ability. Luke tells us very specifically in Acts 11 that they determined to send relief. You know, so often giving doesn't boil down to our sense of of biblical responsibility or even our ability to do so. But it ends up just being a matter of the will, of just deciding to do it. Determination. They determined. The word determined here in the Greek is horizo. I'm not Greek, so don't hold me on that pronunciation. But, but it literally means to mark out the limit. To appoint, to ordain. Like, like basically, their generosity here wasn't casual. Their generosity was instead premeditated and very intentional. They determined to give something. I just want to encourage you. If you're, if, if you're operating under the premise that you ought to tithe, but you just find yourself in a dynamic that you're just struggling to do so, determining the following two things will help you out tremendously. And I'm going to I'm gonna pause here because we're running out of time. I'll just take a quick second. Check out our website, outlawradio.org. Again, I want to reiterate, the idea of today's episode is not, this is not a pledge. It's not a drive. Outlaw Radio doesn't want your money. Our exhortation is to encourage you to either give to your church or to support this radio station that you're listening to. With all that being said, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the missions of Outlaw Radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the Bible and spiritual growth. With this in mind, we want you to check out Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Not only is their vision to help the thinker believe, but they exist to help the believer think. To accomplish both of these aims, their website, rzim.org, is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only
2: answering your own difficult questions, but with the intention of providing the necessary tools to defend your faith in an ever growing hostile world. Once again, you
0: can learn more about Ravi Zacharias International Ministries by visiting rzim.org. That's rzim.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We're talking about giving. And if you feel the need, the desire, the moving to become more regular, that you need to give, there's a determination. At the end of Acts chapter 11, Luke, he says that that they evaluated their ability and then they determined to send relief. They determined to give something. They marked it out. They appointed a percentage. They ordained it. This was not casual. It was intentional. And if you're wanting to give, you you feel a need to tithe, but you're just struggling to do it. Two things I want you to think about. Two things that I I found that helps me. First, look at your finances and then make a determination how much of your income you're going to tithe to your church. Like create a percentage well, while it's true that actual tithers, that of actual tithers, 23% give an actual 10%, do, do you know that 54% give between 11 and 15%? 14% give between 16 and 20% of their income? And 9% give more than 20%? My point is that don't get hung up on a number. Just start with one. Now, I, I do believe that there is ample precedent, biblically speaking, that 10% is a really good place to start, that the Bible talks about a tithe being 10%. That's what the word tithe actually means, a tenth. But, but please note, the Bible never dictates a very specific percentage. The, the key is to set a percentage of your income you're going to give based on your ability. And then make the determination to abide by that standard. I'm not a huge fan of the purpose-driven life. Um, if you've listened to this this show at any length of time, not a big fan of seeker-friendly churches, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, I, I am a fan of Rick Warren. Uh, I think Rick Warren is a godly man, and I, I saw a, a little. It was like a 15-minute lecture that he gave on giving at a conference. Uh, this was a few years back, and he talks about what him and his wife determined to do when they understood that that book, The Purpose Driven Life, was was going to be a hit. And he goes through several things, like they weren't going to uh, make any major financial changes. They weren't going to, to change their house. They weren't going to get new cars. He also determined that if the Lord willed it, he was going to repay his salary for the last 25 years. But they made the determination to be reverse tithers. And, and he says that this, this began, and what I mean by re- reverse tithers, that they were going to give 90% of the proceeds and only keep 10 reversed. He, he, in this lecture, he talks about how his, him and his wife, when they got married, they made a determination that they were going to give a little bit more every year. And they started with ten percent and and in some years because the Lord had blessed, they were able to increase it maybe a, a percent and a half to eleven and a half percent some years it was a quarter of a percent like it was they were eating beans but but every year they just determined that they were going to increase their giving and and he really says, "I love this part of it where he makes the comment he goes, "You know, I don't think the purpose driven life was successful because I was a good author." I think the Lord chose to bless the book because he knew that we were faithful with the resources he had given and would be faithful with the resources he would give. First, just set a percentage and, and abide by it. Secondly, figure out a method of giving that works. A buddy of mine that was working for the church was struggling with the idea of tithing. And uh, and he, he kept coming back to me and said, Zach, can can you just take my tithe out of my my paycheck? Like like you know, you're doing withholdings for social security and Medicare and all that, you know, state taxes, federal taxes. Can you just could you add a 10% deduction? I was like, no, not at all. Not gonna happen. You gotta make an offering. This has to be on your end. So 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 what did he do? He he went to PayPal, he set up a recurring donation. Set the amount. So it just happened. Like it, it happened automatically. Like with today's technology, if there's a will, there's a way. If, if you don't want the burden of having to remember to tithe every paycheck, you can set up bill pay to go out automatically. You set the percentage, set the amount, set it to go out of sight, out of mind. I think the Lord honors that. PayPal, you can do the same thing. Uh, We at Calvary 316 use Square Cash. It's an an app. Super, super easy to give. Put your checkbook in your Bible. Every time you come to church, you're going to make that offering. Set an amount. Go to the offering box and, and say a prayer over that check as you drop it in. If there's a will, there's a way. The final point to all of this is that never forget why the discipline of generosity is important in the the first place like the detail that they sent it to the elders of the church of jerusalem that shouldn't be overlooked from the acts 11 context like one of the reasons that giving is important in the life of the believer is it helps it helps keep my heart and the money in my bank account in a proper balance and a healthy relationship. In in Luke chapter 12, Jesus, he he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul cautioned that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not money that's the root of evil. It's the love of money. Money is amoral. You see, giving of my first fruits, it helps me remember a few things that are very, very important. It helps me remember that everything I have is a gift of God. That it's not the 10%. It's not the, the percentage that I'm giving to the church that's God's. All of it's God's. Every bit of it. Everything I own is the Lord's. Everything. It's a gift of God. It's, a, it's an act of his grace. It's his blessings. Again, it goes back to the adage of it's not how much of my money am I going to give to God. It's how much of God's money am I going to keep for myself, Giving helps me keep this balance between my heart and money, safeguards. Everything I have is a gift of God. It also helps me keep in mind, helps me remember that when it's all said and done, God has promised to care for my needs. Again, with my own personal experience, could God do more with $7 than I could with 207 that's a serious question. And if you think you can do more, then you don't know God. See, God will take care of your needs. There there's an old saying that you can't outgive God. And he can't. Giving him my first fruits, it also helps me remember that when it's all said and done, what I am is a steward of his resources. That this is an issue of stewardship. This is why trusting a tithe to be faithfully administered by other people, giving money to a church, trusting that, that other people will administer where that money goes, it's why that is important in maintaining a healthy balance in your heart. You see, giving without conditions, it severs the connection. It severs the power between the money and your own heart. In conclusion, we're running out of time. Thanksgiving, giving as a response of one's thanks. There's a disconnect. And that disconnect does not originate in our brains. We know we should give. It is a matter of our heart. Do we really want to? And when it's all said and done, it it sometimes comes back down to disciplines. Looking at Acts chapter 11, these believers in Antioch, Take ownership of your church by giving. And start giving in a way that you can maintain. And create a method that you can maintain. And never forget why the discipline's important. Cuz it safeguards your hearts and reminds you that God cares and that you're just a steward. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio show. Happy Thanksgiving again whether Thanksgiving was yesterday or it's coming up in a few days. I hope you enjoyed your time with your family, your friends. If you liked what you heard today, I want to encourage you to do two things. Contact your local Christian radio station and tell them that you're thankful that they're carrying Outlaw Radio in your community. And if you're bold enough, maybe even send a donation this holiday season, this Christmas season. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to visit our website, outlawradio.org. And the reason I do that is from the site, you can easily... Uh, get to our podcast. Our podcast, it's fantastic. It's growing. The Lord's blessing. It's available on iTunes, Google Play. You can listen from the podcast to the entirety of this episode. Or you can listen to anything and everything we've ever done, all previous episodes. I also want to encourage you to connect with us. If you're on Twitter. Our handle is at radio underscore outlaw. You can send me an, info, an email at info at outlawradio.org or you can follow us on Facebook slash the radio outlaw. Again, I'm Zach Adams. I hope you join me again this time next week for the Outlaw Radio Show.
2: You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.